Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and we're on series 2 episode 77 where we are now going to dive into, here it is, Jacob chapter 5. Um, we are looking at Jacob's chapter 5 to 7, which covers March the 16th to March the 22nd, the Lord labours with us. And we are looking at the uh, section today uh, entitled, What is an Allegory? So we're going to just take a, a small step today and just discover and l- reflect on what an a- allegory is, and also what this allegory is referring to, and who it was by. I guess we'll begin with Jacob chapter 5 verse 1 where it says behold my brethren do you not remember to have read the words of the prophet Zenos which he spake unto the house of Israel so obviously at this time of the nephites the prophet Zenos was a fairly well known prophet now some would question well how come in any of our biblical texts we don't have any mention of such a prophet why would Zenos not be found in any of the bible uh, if he was clearly a well-known prophet enough to be able to be known by word, by name uh, amongst the Nephites. Um, we might not have the full answers to this, but uh, we do have some um, insights into who Zenos could have been. A BYU professor called Hugh Nibley um, did some research into this, and he found uh, a possible link to a to a an ancient um, prophet historian. Uh, in some ancient Jewish religious texts. Um, he began with a text called the, the Biblical, Biblical Antiquities. Uh, and within these antiquities, there is a prophet leader called Senes, which is uh, spelled C-E-N-E-Z. But sometimes it was spelled um, Z-E-N-E-S, Zenus. Um, and what is interesting between this Zenus uh, and what Jacob does uh, in the new in the Book of Mormon uh, or to Zenos in the Book of Mormon, there are some parallels um, here, which are highlighted. Um, Zenos or Zenes uh, in this um, biblical antiquity gave a farewell speech to an assembly when it was near his time to die, uh, and Jacob also um, was do- was doing this speech evidently um, near his death. And we know that this uh, this allegory was given nearer or close to when Jacob felt he was going to pass on. For in uh, 6.13, he said, uh, Jacob 6.13, he says, Finally, I bid you farewell until I shall meet you before the pleasing bar of God. So it seems that he feels that this is his last kind of entry into the Book of Mormon. Obviously, later on, we'll find that it isn't his last entry, but he obviously feels it is. But there is a, a, a kind of parallel there. Uh, Zenus re- also revealed to the people what the Lord had shown he would do in the last days. And of course, you know, this whole allegory is leading up to the culmination of what the Lord would do in the last days. Uh, also, Zenes shared the words of his father to try and get Israel to stay on the paths of the Lord. And Jacob said that um, the allegory of the olive tree was shared with them to, in order to do the same thing. Um, it also, um, Zenes also has kind of, well, kind of a lot of his, a number of his prophecies refer to toiling on behalf of Israel, and there being a great vineyard and a plant, uh, which of course is a and and on also olive trees, which of course you know links very much with the words of Zenos. So we might be we might be sitting there going, oh great, well there you go, there's there's evidence that there was this prophet Zenos. Well, actually, it turns out that historically that this Zenos will have probably not been as far back enough to be the prophet Zenos. 
But what is interesting is that there seems to be a kind of original text, an original allegory of an olive tree, which obviously this Zenus will have drawn upon. There's also uh, evidences that there was an, a, a similar allegory going on uh, in further parts of the, of the Bible in the Old Testament, including in Exodus 15, 17, 2 Samuel 7, 10, Psalms 1, 3, and Isaiah 4, 2 talk about the, the house of Israel being like a tree, being taken care of and being blessed. And then also in Psalms and Isaiah and Jeremiah, there is talk about uprooting and burning and grafting and cursing trees, similar to what we read in the allegory of the olive tree. So it seems that there is a fuller an olive tree allegory somewhere that comes before all of these um, uses within the Bible and other texts, which again adds fuel to the fact that this, you know, will this 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 will have been uh, a, a true record. This um, this text that I mentioned, which was uh, of Zenus, actually was found after Joseph Smith's death as well, which of course adds to the point that this couldn't have been, you know, transcribed or copied by the prophet Joseph Smith in, a, in any case. Um, you know, all of these things point to the fact that the allegory of the olive tree was clearly such a an important uh, revelation that not only did it have impact on Jacob uh, and the prophet Zenos, but with other places in, in, the, in the Old Testament as well. And so it is one that is well worth studying, uh, one which we'll, we'll, we'll be able to gain a lot of info and direction from. Um, there are, of course, many reasons for using an allegory. Uh, there is a lot of layers to an allegory. You can apply it to, you know, perhaps what its original context was, which was to look at the work of the Lord throughout the history of mankind, uh, particularly toward the last days uh, and in the scattering and gathering of Israel. Uh, but you can also just focus on our day and how it applies to us today. That is the beauty of allegories. It can be applied and likened in a number of ways and situations. And at times we might see ourselves as those servants in the garden who help um, the Lord in his vineyard. And sometimes we might see ourselves as part of the one of the olive trees. Um, again, depending on where we are and what we are trying to gain from the study of this allegory. That's why, you know, a lot of prophets such as Isaiah and others use symbolism or allegories to explain and teach uh, what they are trying to do. One thing which we will need to do as we begin to look into this allegory over the next few days, and it will take a few days to get through this because it is the longest chapter in the Book of Mormon, and we don't want to really miss uh, any of the key points, uh, is two main questions. And really, it's two main questions that I think have applied to all of the Book of Mormon up to this point. First of all, how does it center us on our testimony of Jesus Christ? In other words, as Jacob taught last week, how do we not look beyond the mark with this? Because it, I'm sure it would be very easy to get lost within all the symbolism and, and analogies that could be drawn from this. But the important question is, how does it center our faith and build our faith on the Savior Jesus Christ? But then also, secondly, how does it apply to us today? Um, one thing that I am already planning to do uh, next week uh, as part of our Sabbath day uh, worship in our home um, is for part of our lesson is to do some family history because, you know, part of the gathering of Israel today, as well as doing missionary work, is also to find ancestors um, who I find our ancestors who have passed on without the knowledge of the gospel so we can gather them together in one. Uh, and so that's one way we can apply this. Um, to to our lives today, but there'll be many other things I'm sure as we go through and study. So I, please, as you study the allegory of the olive tree this week in Jacob five, 
uh, please, I'd love to um, hear what you think. Uh, and so please share it at, my, uh, well, you can email session at gmail.com. Or of course, just join up with the Facebook group and you'll get notifications there. It's Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. And I'd love to hear some of your thoughts, your studies, and what you've gained from this uh, allegory, because I'm sure it'll be a very rich study this week uh, as we go through together. Thank you for your time and for listening. And until we meet again.